Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City, Rain City tonight. Man, we have a massive thunderstorm going on out there. If we uh, if we go off the air, we're just uh, we're going to try to connect back up. But man, it is scary out there. I've brought the cars inside the garage. I hope everyone has done that. This is John Massengill sitting in uh, my house, and Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green in their respective houses. How's it going, boys? Very well. Very well. You bet. You, you bet. Going? I've done the same thing. <laughs> Well, listen, we got a great show. We have, we're going to talk all kinds of motorsport stories. We have a guest. We have a young driver from Austin, Texas, right here in Austin, Riley Dickinson. He's going to join us in about a half hour. But we have a lot of stories we're going to talk about, including the Formula One virtual GP that happened this earlier today. And of course, the Legends race that happened with Mario Andretti at 80 years old, learning how to do a sim and some e-racing but there was a fantastic race with that with Alonzo and Jensen, Jensen Button, man. That was fantastic. But we got lots of stories we're going to talk about tonight. But I want to start with Jonathan. What have, what have you been up to this week? Well, it's been a busy week. Um, you know, NASCAR, you know, I've been watching a little bit of NASCAR real racing. And, of course, they're racing tonight. But uh, basically, I've been, um, I'm, I've been um, getting all my passes together for, for, the, for the reopening. And um, as you can see, <laughs> <laughs> ready to go. So, um, yeah, when we go when we go live, I'm 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 gonna get into any track I want. I have that same bundle hanging in my closet. I must have a hundred of those in my closet. And if yeah. you're listening on the radio, Jonathan has every pass lanyard around his neck he's ever owned right now. But uh, I don't know. That's yes, probably just from last season. You know, because I, I, last season, mine is that big too. So it's got to be just last season. I'm going to get a full scale mannequin, I think, and, and just dress them in a race suit and all of these passes. <laughs> you know, we can't be the only ones that go through this because I get lanyards at car shows. I get them at, you know, grand openings. I get all these things. I would love some creative ideas about how do you display them? The ones that you particularly want to keep, what to do with all these things. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to No, I'm not going to Pinterest either. <laughs> I, I, what, no, but what I'm thinking of doing is I'm thinking of making a coffee table, like you know, with a glass top, and then putting taking all the lanyards off and just putting the passes under it. I like that That'd idea. That'd be cool. And use anyway, a ready to go, ready to go. 
Yeah, and, and use an, an old uh, Formula uh, One engine as a stand, right? Yeah. Well, hey, boys, I want to talk about this. Let's start with this Legends race where Mario yeah. Andretti at 80 years old learned so how to good. drive a sim. It was awesome. And, and I tell you, the, hey, well, I'm glad to hear you. I'm glad to hear you say it was awesome because I just envisioned getting my father to get off of a flip phone onto an iPhone. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Mario, he probably had some help, but he got it figured out. He didn't he didn't do great overall, but towards the end of the race and which was a fantastic finish, by the way, that's what made this thing awesome was the fact that Fernando Alonso and Jensen Button were battling it out on the last lap. In fact, they traded positions back and forth, but right behind them, a lap down was Mario. And you looked up and go, wait a minute, who's that in third? And Because they had been, the same car had been there for a long time. So it took him a while, but he got it figured out and was hanging in there with those guys at the end of the race. Excellent. You know what, Glad to hear it. Uh, yeah, on a serious note, I think that's really cool because, you know, I mean, I know Mario's got nothing to prove, but I mean, most drivers have an ego and they wouldn't risk their reputation at a famous circuit that they've won at, like the Indy 500, uh, against genuine other world champions like themselves that do this all the time. Um, so I'm really impressed that at 80, he's willing to just go, ah, what the heck? <laughs> you know what? That is a great point. And I was thinking something similar in the middle of the Formula One virtual Grand Prix today because there's notables missing, including Lewis Hamilton and some other world champions. And I, I wonder if it's just that they say, I'm not going to go and have fun. Because, you know, a lot of them are having fun. They're just there to have fun. You know, Botas showed up for the first time today and Ocon today. But so a lot of a lot of the guys don't. And, you know, there were eight today. But let me finish up on this on this uh, Legends race, because Alonso did take the victory at the at the very end. Buns, uh, Button came across the line. I mean, it was like a tenth of a second behind him. But Button had a big moment at turn four, totally going almost sideways, and Alonzo won it. But, you know, it, it, this does make me think, I, I, what I tried to do today and I couldn't find it is I want to find lap times from these professional race drivers versus the professional sim drivers because I yeah. want to see just how good they are. Now, we've seen in some of the lower sim races where you get some of the F2 drivers and they seem to be doing pretty well, but I really, I'd really like to see some of those lap times, but, but back to your point, Jonathan. Yeah. Where are all these guys? Why aren't they joining the F1 virtual Grand Prix? As in what the other racer drivers? Yeah. There was only eight yeah, of I mean, the, I, I honestly believe that that's why Hamilton hasn't. Um, he's not a big, I mean, he, he, he's bound to do some simulating work because that's part of the job. Oh, yeah. He's not, a he's not like Lando Norris. And I, and I don't think, you know, I don't think he... I mean, and evidently, I've been told that, that Hamilton is, is simming just as hard as everybody else to stay home, but he doesn't want to... He doesn't want to play race. Well, I just, I just saw something on that. And basically, he says he feels that it's really not productive to get involved in these esports events, but uh, he doesn't... Feel feel like it would actually help him in driving. He might know the track better, but even so, he feels like he gets enough time on the real tracks and the higher quality sims to do it. And so I thought that was, I don't know, a little condescending. I would like to see the social element. You know, come on, just, just you know, play with the game. <laughs> play the game. Come on, if that's all it is. And the other thing is, uh, one of the sim races in our Trans Am series pointed this out to me, which is, you know, 
when you go to an event in the real world, you, you know, you practice, you go to testing, you do free practice, you go qualifying, but you don't practice racing. So the Sims actually is a really good, especially when, you know, the damage is on or you can get thrown out of the game. It's almost riskier to be that close because of the way the way sim racing works. So actually practicing racing uh, wheel to wheel is actually good practice. Yeah, I, I just wonder. Anybody, though. He's so so far ahead that, you know, he's not used to it. He doesn't like to be in a group. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I wonder if they just, it, they just, you know, it's just his nature. It says, I'm not going to do this till I'm as good as I can be, which, you know, he he's not ever going to be there because he's got a, you know, he's got a real job. Well, and if you're the Rolling Stones, why do you need to hey, we just got a comment. <laughs> we just got a comment from one of our audience, Dave F. Thanks for listening, Dave. I race spectating. I just can't. I will say F1 is the best. Indy second. I've enjoyed the Indy replays today better. All right. You know Thanks, Dave. I do love that transition because that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight. That The way they did that today for IndyCar was fantastic. Well, they took the last year's Indy 500, and they took Simon Pagano and Alexander Rossi and set them up on the Pagoda at Indy and had a, a just a minimal camera crew and production crew and walked through the race. And I absolutely love that. I didn't get to watch all of it, but what I saw was so great. And those two guys did a great job. Mike Tirico hosting it. It was it was a really, really well done. Did you guys get to see that? Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's cool how much they are going with that uh, and how serious this is being taken. It's uh, really just something else to me that uh, so many other drivers are getting into it. But I, I wanted to comment on uh, Lewis Hamilton and something I have actually heard several of the drivers say is that this is the longest span they've had in years of being in one place, wherever they are, that uh, emotionally it may even be more taxing on them because they're used to being pretty uh, nomadic, if you will. And so that's, I thought that was an interesting thing. Well, and since I lost the key, I lost the key for this door here. Yeah, this is the longest I've been in, <laughs> in, 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 in my office. Yeah, it, there's, there's a lot more truth to that than you know. How long have you been pretty much locked in that apartment for about? Uh, since March 9th, but me and Sterling um, are doing fine. Um, <laughs> He's losing it less. Sterling no. is his goldfish. <laughs> no, no, Sterling is my squirrel. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, we're Sorry. Fine. We're fine. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, boys, I think I do want to use that opportunity to go straight to a break because when we come back, we got lots to talk about. We do have a, a guest coming on in a few minutes, a driver from Austin, Ryan Dickinson. So stick with us. You're listening to Speed City. We'll be back after a quick break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. 
At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi there, my name's Derek Bell. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We uh, we were talking about the Formula One Virtual Grand Prix, and you know, look, I, today made me miss racing more than ever because watching Monaco, I mean, it was just having been there and watching Monaco today. It, it was, you know, it is better than nothing. And what I do enjoy the most is what I, I, I what I've said it many times, but a lot's more of the drivers have gotten on Twitch. And like I did a little yeah. screenshot and there was uh, Leclerc had 50,000 people follow, watching him real time. And I asked my son, who's a big gamer, and he said, that's a lot. That's that's getting up there. That's pretty big. Lando had about half that. Formula One themselves had about half again as much at about 12,000. But Esteban Gutierrez, Delatrez, um, Latifi was live, Alexander Albon. So a lot of these, uh, oh, and George Russell, of course, who won today's race by, by the way, he won the race by 40 seconds. So, I know, and he, he didn't just beat, uh, and he didn't just beat nobody, he beat Charles Leclerc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? There was a big pileup towards the back, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, it was... Yeah, there, there was, it wasn't But he just also got fastest lap, and Bota, Valtteri Bottas was there. Charles there, Arthur Leclerc's there, you know. Uh, I did hear something hilarious after the race. Leclerc came on and he said that his phone was blowing up during the middle of the race. And turns out one of them was a missed call from Matteo Benito Bonotto calling him during the race. And he did not answer. It's like, no! don't you know what I'm doing? Well, hang on a minute. That? Are you telling me the, head, the, 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 the top man at Ferrari called him? Oh, uh, you know. Yes, his boss, Bonotto. Uh, What were you going to say, Les? Calling in from the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he that's did a, that's not calling take... in from the wall. But, uh, you know, 
I've got a fresh memory of being there last year for this race. And I got to say, I really found myself looking at some of the, uh, the vision and the views on the side of the track. Uh, Razkaz, where I had the opportunity of standing, and a few of the other things were very much as I remembered. And so there's big kudos to the game crowd for developing in that much detail, not just the track itself, but the immediate perimeter and the view around. The lighting was brilliant. I mean, when you see the halo and you can see the sun bouncing off, you can almost see the boats in the background. I mean, really, really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, it's really, I mean, I, I know it's not racing, but it is, for me right now, it'll, it'll work until we can get started. So, hey, Jonathan, let's talk a little bit about Formula One and what we think potentially is going to happen. We're saying Formula One, the last official word is that we're going to go racing July 5th. But what are you, what do you think? You've been, I know you did a bunch of research about this. What do you think of realistically this could happen? Um, two things happened this week, which have put a bit of a kibosh on Formula One's plans. As you know, they plan to go to um, Austria and then do a double header at Austria effectively the Austrian Grand Prix and the European Grand Prix. And the plan was to come straight back to Britain and, and that follow that up with um, two British Grand Prix or effectively the British Grand Prix and a European Grand Prix. Snag is Boris Johnson got stuck in and put out a law that said anybody traveling to England has to do 14 days quarantine. And while I think Ross Braun and the FOM people kind of try to sort of mitigate it by 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 stating their claims that they've, you know, they've got a handle on it. They're going to do extra testing. They're going to do constant testing. Um, I think the government in Britain were like, well, if we let you have a, you know, an allowance here, then we're going to get a lot of kickback from businesses, especially, I mean, you know, sport is sport, but look at the business travel um, that could, could, you know, cause I mean, there's, there's guys traveling between London and Amsterdam and, uh, and, and Germany all the time, but if they're quarantined, for 14 days, any business or any sport, that's that's really tough. So the idea now, it seems, is that they will try to maybe go to Hungary after the two Austrian Grand Prix. That's three. Come back, quarantine for two weeks. Literally everybody in Formula One back at home and then go racing again. So That, it's, that doesn't it's sound tough. feasible. Well, I, yeah, and that's why, to answer your question, I'm, I'm dubious. I mean, that's the latest, i.e., um, I'm sure there's the things are uh, it's a fast moving moving uh, situation, but there's no question that the quarantine law comes in on June 4th in the UK, um, and I don't I don't see pe too many people rushing to go to to the UK uh, if they can't if they can't stay where they are for for two weeks. Okay, so what about what you saw NASCAR racing right now? It's the 24 hours of Charlotte going on right now. What do you think about what the way they're doing it? You probably saw some of. Yeah. What was going on there, you know, on the sidelines? And what do you think in the pit? I, I'm writing an article at the moment. And, and my question, I, I think they did a great job, first and foremost. I watched all of Darlington last Sunday and then Wednesday. And now, of course, they're racing at Charlotte. And their idea, similar to Formula One, is to say, OK, most of NASCAR is based in Charlotte. So where can we go within 200 miles that we can drive to with no flying and we can move the circus within the parameters and then go back literally in the same day. So Darlington uh, on last Sunday had no practice, no uh, free practice, no qualifying and went straight to the race. So they, that was quite a, uh, an impressive thing because, you know, I mean, you're going to real tracks that are dirty 
with no rubber laid down, you're, you're basically depending on the data that you've got uh, in terms of setting up the car. And what, what I found really interesting was that you, the real skill of the engineer and the driver was to, to set up on the fly during the race and to say, I'm coming in on lap 29 and I want X, Y, and Z to, to be changed because we haven't had chance to do this because there's no practice. So in that respect, great. But my, my, my article uh, is basically, have we, have we taken the green a little too early when we really should be under yellow still? Um, I, we will find out in a few weeks' time because uh, NASCAR are taking a big risk. They're going back to back to back to back. Um, and so they're going to be doing a lot of traveling and a lot of racing. Uh, and we'll see if it works. I think they've got a great plan in action. And I also think they've been masterfully brave to be the guinea pig for motorsport because their reputation's on the line. This is not, if this goes wrong, this could put back the franchise of NASCAR dramatically. And then you've got big sponsors who say, not sure I want to be involved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I mean, yes, if it goes horribly wrong, I mean, that, that's, that goes back to who is, you know, if you're completely irresponsible, and it goes wrong, yeah. But I mean, they're obviously trying to do this right. So I mean, yeah, I, I agree, but I'm also caging that a little bit by saying they're they're really trying, and they're obviously doing some pretty extensive things. You know, it's a it's a very different sport than it than it was last year. So well, they're doing also, a lot of stuff. We're also all of us now learning about the various business models of each and every one of the motorsports. For example, my motorsport Trans Am, which I work for. Um, isn't dependent on 200,000 people coming through the gates. Uh, it's dependent on sponsorship and entry fees and so on and so forth. I did a, an interview with John Claggett, who's the president of Trans Am, and he explained that to me. Same with F SVRA. But for, NAS for and NASCAR depends pretty much on the TV money, which is why they're back in business in that respect, because they're on TV and their sponsors are being seen. But that doesn't help the promoters of let's say Darlington or in a couple of weeks when Indy come to um, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth. Um, so the, the balancing act, if you will, is, is to try to get it on TV, which helps the sports stay in business, but also try to help compensate or at least work with the promoters. Because even if, even if there's a, a small percentage of people coming back, you're only you know potentially selling 25% of the burgers, 25% of the gate tickets, 25%, you know, and so on. So it's going to be a really interesting six months, this, and it really is survival of the fittest and smartest and best organized. One article I read said the key to all of this is communication. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same as all the other businesses. We've heard all, all sorts of businesses getting assistance from the government and they're saying, well, they're keep their employees employed and all that. But. But the restaurants and all the other businesses that have to social distance, they're saying, we can't survive on a 25% full restaurant, and neither you can't survive on a 25% full stands or 25% sponsor money, or motorsports can't survive that way either. So, I, you know, this is really interesting. And, and, you know, this also leads into another story, Jonathan. You and I, you were talking about a story you saw on motorsport.com about Liberty Media and the way they shuffled some of the money within different companies from the Sirius XM side to the, uh, and the Live Nation side over to the Formula One side to provide them some cash, some operating cash, because they literally have none. But also about Liberty talking about maybe acquiring companies. 
Yeah, uh, this is an interesting Adam Cooper. If you want to, if you want to keep on the pulse of Formula One business and intrigue, uh, Adam Cooper's your man. He's been doing it for thirty years. Uh, sometimes controversially, but Adam's always there. He's always got the story, and this is a good one. It basically talks about, um, as we know, in April, um, Liberty Media um, basically shuffled around their assets, their ownership assets, and they injected one point four billion into Formula One as a company, but it was done with in-house. It was an in-house loan. And they also split up Live Nation, which they also own, uh, under the, and, and, and put it under the Sirius ban. And, and the, the idea being that before that, Live Nation and Formula One were under the same auspices, company-wise. And of course, given that Live Nation is live concerts, music, and Formula One is live events, that left them very exposed uh, in terms of losing money to both those companies during this pandemic. So they've spread, they, they, they've been, you know, they've kind of spread them out a little bit and given themselves a little bit more um, breathing room. Um, but that, uh, that injection of cash is also, when you read between the lines or look at the quotes, said that they're now looking potentially to acquire with that, uh, with that money, uh, some companies that may either in the music or motor racing scene, not be able to get to COVID through uh, all too well, or would be willing to sell maybe, um, because of you know the situation, so they can get cash back into their businesses. Yeah, you know this pandemic is going to make opportunity. It's it's been a huge boon for esports, right? And so there's all sorts of opportunities out there. And I bet you that uh, Formula One is really glad that they had a really organized esports program going into this too. But yeah, that is really fascinating. You know, telling what acquisitions they're talking about but yeah they wouldn't, they wouldn't they wouldn't talk about that yeah well unless um, you had a story Les had a story he wanted to talk about about the uh about the motorsports calendar what was that Les? i think Les's internet connection is dropping so we'll come he, back to that he's a shadow of informing myself <laughs> it's dropping out but i'll tell you what i if we if we have have we lost les are you there les earth to les yeah i think yeah i think i think he dropped out okay well look while he catches back up and he will i'm sure i i i want to point out one of the real world well the two big real world stories that have come out of all of the e-racing obviously carl larson sticks out like a sore thumb and it's good to have Kenseth back. Uh, we'll see uh, how he gets on. But <laughs> he's really throwing it down because he hasn't driven for, for a year. Uh, but the other one is Daniel Apt in Formula E. This story really shocked me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He cheated. He cheated. He basically took part in an e-race. He, well, he's been part of the e-racing. He's an e-racing driver, right? And he's a factory driver for Audi. And... Um, and he's been driving, but he hasn't scored any decent points. He hasn't scored any decent results. He's not a great sim racer. So he naughtily um, called up one of his buddies at Audi, who is in the E-Audi Championship, so is a professional <laughs> sim racer, and got him to race for him in E-Racing and was caught. <laughs> and caught so, by Stoffel Van Dorn, no less. Which is interesting because I don't know how Stoffel got wind of it. or how, I mean, you know, it's really hard to prove, but... Anyway, he fessed up to it. He's been fined 10,000 um, euros or dollars. I'm not sure. Uh, and so, too, has the gamer. The gamer has also uh, been banned for a while as well. But this is serious stuff. I mean, the business of e-gaming 
is growing as a business it was before any of the real world races started taking part and we started seeing them on TV. Um, so this is it's a bigger story than I think I thought about at first. You, yeah, I, we, I saw the story. He just muted himself. You're yeah, back. sorry about that. I, I saw that story and I thought, I don't know if the, how big a deal. Then I read it. I was like, oh, this is a huge deal. Well, hey, Jonathan, you know, we got our guest on the line. So let's go ahead and go to a break. And then when we come back, we'll bring on Riley Dickinson, Porsche GT3 Cup driver. You listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. We'll be back after a quick break. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24 7 at motivationusa.com. That's motivationusa.com. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. We are very excited to bring on our first guest tonight because we have a young gentleman who is based right here in Austin, Texas, and he is racing racing in the Porsche GT3 Cup Series for more speed, Riley Dickinson. Riley, welcome back to Speed City. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, hey, good Riley. to have you back, buddy. Thank, thank you. So yeah, let's uh, well let's talk about to what's been going on with you lately. I know in this uh, virus world, I know you've been doing a little e-racing as well. But what's going on? Yes, I mean there's really only been really a few things that I've been up to majorly, uh, but it's consumed quite a bit of my time. Um, first and foremost, uh, finishing out education, high school. So I'm a senior at Kenyon High School here in New Braunfels, and you know obviously with everything that's happened, we've had to transition to online schooling. So I, that's been a little bit of a transition for myself and all my classmates as well. Um, 
but I mean, the, all the teachers and everything, they've done a really great job, you know, implementing in that new system. And I feel like, you know, we've been able to finish out the year pretty strong. And then also I've been keeping up quite a bit doing uh, sim racing. Uh, it's, it's kind of the, the new wave, new, new world, I guess you could say, for, for racing. Um, it's, I, I feel like it's kind of taken the motorsports world by storm. If, if you could say, um, I mean, there's there's a lot that's been going into the sim racing world. Uh, myself and David Moore, we've been putting in quite a few hours getting prepared for various series that that I'm entered in as well as he is. Um, Where I'm entered in the ACI Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge, and basically what that is, it's a virtual version of what we do in real life. And me and David were both fortunate enough to be able to compete in that series, so that's that's been quite a bit of what we've been keeping up with doing. And then the third thing has been the IMSA iRacing Pro Series that, that I've been competing in the in the um, Porsche 911 RSR. Well, that's cool. Well, you started off this year. What was it in January when you picked up the IMSA Hurley Haywood GT3 sponsor GT3 Cup sponsorship? Tell us about that. Yes, sir. So later, or towards the end of 2019 in November, um, I got invited to go do what was called the Porsche Young Drivers Academy. So what that was, it was myself along with three other drivers from North America and it was well, initially we thought it was going to be a classroom learning experience and an academy right and we were told early on that it was actually for the first time going to be an actual competition and for the first year it was going to be aligned with the Hurley Haywood scholarship so that that was the first time that that academy had been a part of the Hurley Haywood scholarship and um, we went through through the couple of days of training and then at the end of it they decided who would ultimately win the scholarship and i was the fortunate guy who got it done well obviously you must have impressed a few folks with your skills i know that uh, i talked to david moore and he is really excited to have you uh behind the wheel of that 911 but Hey, uh, I, I do want to go back to where you started a, a minute ago about the, the virtual racing, the iRacing, or whatever you want to call it. And we were talking earlier about I wanted to see some lap times from the best eSIM racers versus the race drivers because it, it seems like the race, the skills from racing, concentration and reflexes and all those things that make them great race drivers would tend to make them great sim drivers. And I wanted to get your take on that. I mean, there's definitely a um, a comparison that could be made between you know the top level pro guys in, in esports and then pro guys with within motorsports. And I feel like you know, especially now, the professional motorsports guys in the real world are starting to come up to where the esports guys are. But I mean, I still feel like there is a little bit of that gap between the professional guys. And I mean, as as you were saying with Daniel Apt, I mean, there was obviously a reason for him to put that guy in the car. I mean, there, there's definitely some things that that we're still kind of getting used to, still getting learned with. Um, but it's definitely been quite fun trying to get up to that level. I mean, there's definitely been a lot of work, a lot of training that's gone into it, uh, and it's quite honestly, it's been quite a fun ride. Hey, Riley, this is Jonathan. I wasn't uh, on the show that you uh, came on in November, but uh, nice to meet you all the same. Am I right in saying you're like 17 still or 18? So I just turned 18 on May 11th. All right. Congratulations. My mom's <laughs> birthday is May 12th. There you go. I'll, n I'll never forget it now. Um, but um, Riley, I'm, we love having young drivers on and we love learning about the, the sort of the, the pathways um you really do have an interesting background because of of your of how you started here locally uh, and you're very inspiring to austinites who 
you know, I mean, your story is you, st- you know, you, you were going to play baseball and you were, you know, not that great. And then you saw the car track at St. Marcus and, and the rest is history. Harris Hill, Miatas. Now you've got the Porsche. I mean, you're going really quickly at 18 through the ladder. What would you see as the obvious places? I mean, you know, there's a sort of dream world of I want to win the Indy 500, 500 or there is a practical I want to be a professional. So what? Where at 18, what are you thinking? Where, where would you like to be and what is the practical uh, path? So, I mean, right now, my, my long-term goal is I want to make a career in professional motorsports as a driver. Um, I mean, and, and most recently, you know, since I've gotten involved with Porsche, I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to make a charge to be with Porsche for, for my future and my career. I mean, they've, they're, they're such a great organization. I mean, they, they're, they're just like a family to me so far. I mean, I, I really am pushing to trying to, to be able to represent them later on in the future. So, I mean, I, I would say for the dream, it would be able to represent Porsche in the future as a driver. Well, it's not a bad way to go. I followed <laughs> the career of uh, several Porsche drivers, well, including Earl Bamber, and it seems to have paid off pretty good. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, Earl Bamber, he is, he's definitely a special one. I mean, us at Morrisfield, we're fortunate enough to have him as our professional driver coach. And I've, I've already learned so much from him, and I can't wait to be able to start the year off, you know, keep on continuing my relationship with him as well as growing as a driver under his wing. Hey, Riley, we talked to you a minute ago about e-racing, but I want to step back to it again. But what do you, have you, you say you've, you've obviously been doing it yourself, but what do you think about the F1 drivers and all of what's been going on there? Yeah. So I actually, I watched the race that they did at Monaco this morning. um, And I saw it was like qualifying was in the wet and the race was actually in the dry. It was actually a really good race. Um, It was kind of funny because they turned off the damage. So all all the guys, they were going, you know, probably way over the limit than what they should have been. But I mean, I've played that game quite a bit and I've, I love it. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool that they've been able to implement, you know, not only F1 drivers, but other, you know, internet celebrities throughout the world, Um, soccer players, football players, um, are all, we're all in that race, and it's it's pretty cool that they've been able to combine separate worlds, motorsport, and then also other sports related. Um, so what what they've been doing with with that series is pretty cool, and it's it's definitely been fun to keep up with. Yeah, no question. Well, on that on that vein, because I know you are a Formula One fan, we're, we're we're trying to get Les back in. It's the quietest I've ever heard, Les. But he's there. <laughs> he's there in the distance. Oh, he's gone. But he'll be back anyway. We'll get him back. But Riley, um, I got to put you on the spot here. Yeah. Vettel, what's going on? What's going to happen? Wrong or right? Should he have stayed? Should he go? Should he be, should he be in blue? Should he be pink? What should, what's going on with Vettel? Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I remember whenever I saw the news, it was on Instagram. Uh, whenever I woke up and, you know, my phone was, was blown up from Instagram with, you know, Vettel news and all that. And then that was immediately followed up with Carlos Sainz, right? So, I mean, yeah. my, my first thought was how cool it would have been for Carlos Sainz to be in that position. So, I mean, first of all, hats off to him, right? I mean, to be able to take up that opportunity to drive for an organization like Ferrari, is it's pretty cool for, for him. I can only imagine. Uh, but, I mean, with Vettel, I, I don't know. I mean, I think anyone's guess at this point is, is probably the best one. I mean... I, I have no idea. I mean, it, th- I mean, there could be a few different options. You know, he could retire. He could move. I mean, I've been seeing stuff for Renault. I've been seeing stuff for I mean, any of the teams. I feel like it's up in the air right now. So I mean, it's it's definitely going to be fun to keep up with as well. Uh, I guess you know, as as you call it, silly season. So it's it's going to be cool to see what happens from here. 
Yeah, and I just, I mean, the reason I ask the question is I'm trying to galvanize everybody's opinion on it. I, I think my personal feeling is uh, we saw the signs of it last year. You know, when you're in the maelstrom of Ferrari and the politics, the 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 politique, as Frost used to call it, you know, it's a tough yeah. it's a tough cauldron. And if, it, if, if you're in any of the top teams, McLaren included, Mercedes, Red Bull, uh, Ferrari, I mean, every day you're looking over your shoulder. And I think he got pretty fed up last year. That I think that the final straw was that five-year contract for Leclerc, who isn't a four-time world champion. Vettel is. And Vettel came specifically for, to Ferrari to win him a title. That hasn't happened. And it's been the scourge of several drivers who went to Ferrari. And I just get the feeling that with uh, with Vettel, he'll, he'll hang it up. I, I just don't see what he would gain by going to a Renault. Um, you know... I, I mean, it's it's a long project. It's a five-year project, and I, I yeah. my personal feeling is that he'll walk away a bit like Rosberg did, and he'll he'll do other things, whether it be punt uh, as a punter or uh, you know as a TV person, or or even get him back in the business. He's a he's a big collector. He loves motorcycles. Les was saying, well, I think we've got him back, but Les was saying that he thinks he'll he'll go into motorcycle racing, racing vintage motorcycles. Really, Les, are you back? So you you put the mute button on, Les, just purposely. John. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I promise I didn't. <laughs> Are you there, Les? Uh, I think he's I think he's he's gone. Hey, I'm trying to be. Can we you we gotta start paying him by the. Oh, there he is. Hey, there he is. No, I tell you what. Since we get paid by the. All right, I don't know if, I think, if I'm gonna be able to keep this connection, but we'll try. Go on. What do you think Vettel's going to do? <laughs> Vettel, honestly, I think uh, we're just going to hang back and watch. Is it, would he go to Ferrari? Ferrari's not going to take him back now in the future. That is this year, you know, the 21, I don't think he wants to be next to Hamilton, but would he like to be in that car? I think he'd like to be in that car, but the dynamics of those two personalities in the same spot, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I joke around about him staying home and working on motorcycles. Uh, uh, that's fine, but uh, he could do anything if he wanted, or he could stay in bed the rest of his life. Hey, Jonathan, I got a question for you. I know we got uh, we got Riley on the line, but uh, but what about Vettel moving into some sort of ownership role and whatever it is, not necessarily Formula One, but whatever? Because I'm thinking if he's he's a four time world champion, there is no place in formula one that's not some huge step down and you know he has had a really honestly kind of an embarrassing couple of years but what about an ownership in something you know that actually is a really good point because if you look at his career vettel really bounced onto the international scene way before formula one he came with michael schumacher to um the um the irox the 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 race of champions series and was partnered with michael schumacher and beat michael schumacher uh, in uh, in that uh, race of champions weekend, and everybody went, "Who is this kid?" And Michael said, "This is the future. This kid is going to be a world champion." And I wonder if now we've got David involved, Schumacher, that is, and now we've got um, um, Mick involved. Whether you know Vettel might not necessarily with the Schumacher, but it could it could be, it could be payback time, um, given that Michael's not going to be uh, doing the warding that he did with um, Vettel. 
that you might see him in that kind of role. Um, uh, and I think he would want to give back. I think he would want to use his four titles. And, and I mean, that is just gold. What what you could learn from someone like Vettel, both on and off track, with that, how to hold yourself. Uh, I mean, let's ask Riley. Riley, how do, you, how do you fancy Vettel getting involved in your career? <laughs> I mean, it, I would definitely not turn him away for sure. I mean, anything I can get from, you know, four-time world champion would be, you know, like gold for me. Um, so something that I did think about, so I saw that Ferrari may have been thinking about going into IndyCar. So I don't know, you know, what the relationship is with Ferrari per se, but maybe, you know, just maybe if Ferrari does actually enter into IndyCar, maybe Vettel joins IndyCar with that team. I mean, that, that could definitely be another, another route. Oh. How about Alonso and Vettel for McLaren to take on the 500? Now we're talking. <laughs> that, that, that would make some good TV. <laughs> that would make some really good TV, for sure. Yeah, I think that would, uh, that would do a little for the ratings. That would work, for sure. Yeah. Alonso is the ratings magnet. Uh, well, Riley, i got to ask you. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, Riley, I got to ask you about uh, about the machine you're driving, a Porsche 911 GT3. So what were you driving right before that? Because that's obviously one of the most amazing race machines on the planet. I mean, absolutely. So it, it was a bit of a step. Um, <laughs> so, Jonathan, you hinted at it, uh, Miata's at Harris Hill. That was literally my <laughs> step before to jumping in, into that beast of a car. I mean, it. It was kind of interesting because I, I didn't, I've done a lot of sim work in preparation for my first test, which was at MSR Houston. And I mean, immediately whenever I stepped into it, I felt like at, like I was at home. I mean, there wasn't anything that was you know uncomfortable at the car. I mean, it was already right off the bat. I was like, man, this is the best it can get. You know, I mean, obviously because it is the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. I mean, I, I truly felt at home immediately. There wasn't, um, there wasn't a whole lot of confusion, I guess you could say. Well, Riley, I might, I might have to call you after the show because the funny thing is I'm not 18, although sometimes I think I am. But um, the last race car I was in was a Miata at Harris Hill, and I did 20 laps. I, didn't, I, did, a, I did spin it, but I didn't go off track, and my instructor said that he saw some potential. So do you think that I could, I could go and see David and maybe just take the step and get Earl? Earl's good friends. He used to commentate with me. Is there yeah. I could make, you know? I mean, I don't see why not. We could throw you in the car. Yeah, see, Riley's not, Riley's not laughing, boys. Yeah. I think I should just better at holding it. Hey, come on. Just say no. <laughs> David, if you're listening, no, no, no. I wouldn't damage his equipment. <laughs> hey, so Riley. Wasn't um, the Corvette in Detroit? I don't know. <laughs> hey Riley, what's the best guess for you guys to go back racing so right now so the schedule was actually released um we're our first race back is july 31st at road america um imza actually gets back july 4th at daytona that's the first race that, that they're scheduled for uh then we're later on down the line july 34th july 31st and then we actually have um, our entire season planned out all the way through Sebring, which is now going to be our season finale. Uh, in about four months, we're going to have the entire season. So it's definitely going to happen as of now. Uh, the only uncertainty right now is just fans. Uh, you know, obviously, we, we hope that we can get them to every single one. But, you know, with the obvious complications, that may not happen. But hopefully we can get that underway. 
So oh, you just uh, t- texted in. Uh, Vettel should go to Penske. I like your work, Todd. Good work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. Hey, Riley, so what do you do to stay physically in shape with, with all this? I mean, sitting behind a sim chair is not going to do it. No, I mean, I, I definitely have put in quite a, quite a bit of hours on it, but it, it's definitely not um, – it won't get me in shape. So I've really latched on to running uh, the past few months. I've, I've been getting pretty heavily involved into endurance running, just trying to build my cardio, trying to lean out a little bit. Um, in the past, what's it been about three, three, four weeks or so I've logged about a hundred miles, a little bit over actually. And so, I mean, I've, I've been getting pretty invested into running. I've actually turns out I actually enjoy it. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely been something that I've been, that I've latched onto, uh, cause I mean, all, all the gyms have been closed. Uh, I'd normally go to a CrossFit gym here in town and, um, yeah, obviously can't go. So I had to find something else I had to supplement it with. So running's definitely been a good second choice. And I feel like I've, it's definitely something I'll be able to keep continue to work on this off season. All right. Well, Riley Dickinson, thank you so much for coming on to speed city again. We'll be watching you when the season kicks back off. And of course we'll get you back on the show sometime soon. Maybe we'll see you at Dakota sometime. Appreciate it guys. Thank you very much. Thanks Riley. Take care. All right, guys, we got to go to a break, listen to speed city and we'll be back after a quick break. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Alex Kearney. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. 
Thank you, Casey Johns, our producer, for giving us a weather update. My house seems to be holding up. No uh, no internet loss here. But, hey, guys, I want to talk about some news for Speed City because we are going to kick off a new national Formula One show on June 6th on your local satellite radio. You can figure it out. So, yeah, keep an eye out on our website. <laughs> Keep an eye on our website because we're going to have some uh, all the details of that because we're going to try to build some momentum to our Formula One shows that we do uh, nationally as the pre and post race show. So, but yeah, we're going to do an hour long show. We're going to have some really special guests for that and uh, keep an eye out for that. But the news is official now, so we can start talking about it. Yeah, and we'll share some of that content on this show as well. So, um, yeah, look out for that. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to try to bring in Formula One and hail, it, hail its return. That's right. Hopefully, it will we'll get its return without delay. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, uh, tell us about this. What's going return? Here's Les. <laughs> yeah, Les, are you back? I think I'm back. I think I'm Thanks, back. Thanks, Les. Appreciate it. John, you had a question for me. I did. <laughs> I did. So what What about this watch party you're going to be involved in? Oh, no. I've got a watch party going on. I want to say hey to, to, to Todd Junkin, to Chris Biles, Taylor Cockerton. Oh. Taylor Cockerton, a racing driver, is watching our show, and he is in New Zealand, and he should be calling into the show next week. Call us, Taylor, because he, <laughs> like Riley, is a very good young driver and has made his way. And I just want to give a shout-out to everybody who's joined, um, you know, and Taylor, Murray Taylor Racing, no less. Uh, oh, these, are, the these are Facebook. Oh, Facebook whatever. I've got racer Dave Foreman from the SBRA hanging out in my watch party. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So let's have dueling watch parties. <laughs> yeah, you guys are Come on, sad. don't bite people into my watch party. I, I haven't been out lately. Sadly, you guys are now the y'all are now the regular demographic for Facebook, by the way. So there you go. <laughs> hey Jonathan, I wanna I wanna move into some of the other stories we had. Um yep. you talked about um <laughs> We got about three minutes left of the show, so we talked about all the virtual racing, and we talked about how the possibility that that you know the, the drivers were faster in, in or that it made a difference for them to be uh, esports drivers, but but what about how this would play into when the season gets started? Do you think any of this is going to be a negative impact on you know because Lando Norris has spent many many hours and hours. You think they're going to have to get used to driving again? What do you think? No, I, I actually think there is no negative. Um, I mean, <laughs> unless you're Carl Larson and um, Daniel App. But, uh, I mean, George Russell, for example, will go back to, to reality, as it were, which is having to, to, to fart around at the back. And I excuse my French. But, I mean, he really will. And yet he just proved today that even if it's sim racing, I mean, he is top draw. And his stock, if anything, is going up higher. I mean, people are looking at him going, okay, he isn't in a competitive car at Williams. I mean, they had Montoya on the show saying, yeah, I won in 2003 with Williams. This is great news for Williams to be in the spotlight. And any kind of marketing of both brand, Rocket in this case, because that's one of their sponsors, it all bodes well. Um, and yeah, I think uh, out of all of those drivers, I think Lando Norris's stock has gone through the roof. Arthur Leclerc's stock is going through yeah. the roof. Um, yeah. And I think George Russell's do is as well. I agree that I, I think it's been good for a lot, you know, good for marketing 
and maybe even good for confidence in these drivers. But what about the physical aspect of it, jumping back into a car? I mean, for, for Formula One, how long has it been now since they've been in a race? So, you know, I just wonder, is that would the, would the e-racing, the virtual racing, have any negative effect on their actual racing? I don't know. I don't think so. I really don't. I'd be surprised if it did. Um, but like you say, I think they're all going to be a little bit rusty. Um, and it depends how, you know, it, it'll, we'll soon find out um, who's been doing the right kind of training on physical training uh, because sim racing doesn't do that. Uh, so you've got to do a lot of net, network and a lot of stuff um, to keep yourself totally honed. Uh, and as Riley was saying, you know, he's he, that's a smart move by him, endurance bicycling, because it's not going to build a lot of muscle on you to do that. But it does make your, um, you know, your return to um, or staying focused mentally um, that you need real physicalness, physical uh, fitness for. And so if he's trying to increase his endurance level as a as an athlete, then that's going to help him in the real world racing. Pagano and Alexander Rossi were talking about this today. I just remembered. And they both said, uh, the producer, I think it was Mike Tarico, said, how long is it going to take for you guys to get back in shape? And they both said, oh, a lap or two. So yeah. we will see. I think that's probably the case. But especially if they have been physical and been active. And Pagano said he had been for sure. So, I, all right, I think guys. you should give Les the last word. Yeah, go ahead, Les. We got about 30 seconds. Hey, we've got a story. We'll talk about it next week about uh, Jean Le about Leclerc taking some uh, turns in Monaco yesterday morning. Oh, so we'll talk about right. that next week, though. For the movie, that's right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you sticking with us through this this period, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy trails, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.